0: Hello, my name is Mary Jo Parrish. I'm the founder of Kingdom Builders, and I'm here today to discuss the creation of Kingdom Builders. How did this all come about? I always like to start with uh, some funny stories. I'm the mom of 10, and our house is a little bit crazy, so I always like to start with some laughter because the Lord loves us to laugh. I have had five kids with braces, so half of my kids have had braces so far, and always it seemed like I was writing notes to, hey, please have Logan leave at this time, to blah, blah, blah. And um, I would need to write them in our 12-passenger van, of course, last minute, because I forgot to write it before we left the house. And I would end up writing on objects that were not clean paper. And so at one point in time, I used a crushed-up receipt, wrote on the back of the crushed-up receipt. Another point in time, I, would like, I had a cereal box in the van that one of my kids was eating breakfast without milk, straight from the cereal box, and so I just ripped a chunk of that cereal box off and wrote a note. One time, there was a dirty paper plate in our van. I used that, and then at one point in time, I could not find any paper. Of course, they all have book bags. I don't know why they didn't have paper in their book bags, but I couldn't find a piece of paper, and there was this sock on the floor of the van, and I was like, okay, should I use the sock? It probably wasn't clean because I did have a Sharpie, and like at some point in there, I claimed my dignity and decided I was not going to write a note to the school on a sock. Um, But this was like, you know, for years and years I did this and I always felt like, oh my gosh, these office people must be so irritated by me and my lack of regular white paper. And uh, I ran into one of the secretaries and she was like, you know, Mary Jo, now when you write notes for your kids, they're just on plain paper and it's just so boring And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, in the office, we would just wait for your kids to have orthodontic appointments so that they could hold up these hilarious things. The cereal box, oh my gosh, we love the cereal box. We would just laugh and laugh. That brought us so much joy. Your crazy things you put notes on. And I think they thought it was like a way for me to make them laugh rather than just struggling to get by day to day with just what I had in my big old 12 passenger van. So it's like other people were taking joy in the midst of my mess and I was like feeling bad about it so if you're feeling bad about your life being a little bit messy or being disorganized like the father can love you right there and it actually can be a way for other people to find humility and love through you so let's just all just allow the father to love us in our mess let's pray in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen my soul proclaims the greatness of the lord my spirit rejoices in god my savior For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on all ages will call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant. Remembering his mercy according to his promise, to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Amen. So Kingdom Builders has been on my heart in different ways for about 12 years before I actually did anything about it. The lies of the enemy were so strong in my life of telling me I was, you know, too fat or too disorganized or, you know, this or that. And I just believed the lies of the enemy for so long. And then finally, I went through an unbound session and started to kind of see the beauty of my design and the beauty of other people's designs. But the Lord never gave up. He still kept trying to work in the midst of the enemy's lies. He kept laying the same thing on my heart over and over. And I have had just an obsession my whole life with roses. I love the perfection of them. I love the way like the green lays against the color of the red red roses I really, really like. And I like that they just seem to be perfect, like nothing's wrong with them. And I spent most of my life trying to be this rose. I wanted to be that perfect person that never messed up. And especially when I would look at social media, I would see people with like coordinating diaper bags and purses and they had like their nails done and coordinating everything and I'm lucky to find a diaper bag and if there's actually happens to be a diaper in it, I'm lucky to find my shoes. And like my nails are never done. And I just kept thinking, man, I'm just like messed up. And I kept trying to strive to be this rose and I wasn't the rose. And I spent a long part of my life just feeling bad about my own design. And even with the power of the roses, I have five daughters. They all have the middle name of Rose. And St. Therese Lisieux, she's known as little flower. I have a great devotion to her. Uh, she's like my powerhouse for prayer. So I I have this obsession with roses. And when I was um, doing Lexio Divina, so it's divine reading, reading scripture, I was reading this passage. Consider the wildflowers, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. And that's Luke twelve twenty seven. And the word that stood out to me was wildflowers. Consider the wildflowers and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Just that word was really strong in my heart. Just kind of prayed with it. I wasn't really sure what the Lord was doing, but I was like, there's something there. And I recognized it was different than like my rose obsession so I go to bed that night and um, I wake up in the middle of night and uh, like hitting my husband's shoulder, Bill, Bill, wake up, wake up. I had this dream. He's like, okay. And I'm like, it was this wild field and there were like all kinds of flowers in it, like roses and daisies. And I don't even know the names of some of the flowers. And there was this droopy purple flower in this messy garden. And that is what I am. I'm a droopy purple flower. Bill, I'm actually not a rose. He was like, okay. I know most of the time he thinks I'm crazy. But anyway, it was a really powerful dream. And I was just so like had this image in my mind of this droopy purple flower so strong in this out in this garden. And it was messy. It was full of weeds, but it was had all these flowers and it was beautiful. It was messy beauty. And it was just not what I had expected. And so I don't think – I mean, I'm, I'm contemplating it, but I'm not, like, journaling or anything with it. But I was just like, man, that was really strong in my heart. And uh, sometimes I uh, disregard things that the Lord will, like, lay in my heart. You know, other stuff comes up and I forget. Well, then, you know, sometimes he has to hit it, get a two-by-four and, like, Mary Jo, listen. And the next day I go to the movie um, called The Shack, and it does have some theological issues in it. But overall it's a pretty beautiful movie about forgiveness and when they take this guy out to the field, they show him this messy garden of all these different types of flowers, and that is the identical image the Lord had given me the day before. I would not read the book, The Shack. I had not watched the movie. I didn't even know what the movie was about. I didn't even know it was supposed to be any type of holy movie. And that was just like, I was like, I just sat in the movie, and it was like, you know when your heart does that boom, boom, like the SVU episodes or something? It was so significant. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really important. And uh, I came home and I told my husband, you're not going to believe it. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like, then he was like, "Okay, this is legit. And so I kind of like just praying about it. And guess what? I started to ignore it again. Again, God has to take the two by four, hit me over the head. And my daughter comes home with these seed packets. And when you live with a lot of kids, you just kind of go with whatever weird creation idea they have. It's like, sure, okay, because you're just like, it's survival mode most of the time. She's like, hey, mom, I decided I want to plant flowers. And, blah, 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 blah. and she starts going on and on. And, and you know, she's in high school. She's taking all these classes, hard classes. And I was like, what is she even talking about? Why is she wanting to plant flowers? And um, I'm like, all right, uh-huh, okay. And, you know, like, like feigning interest, but really I did not care. Um, sounds terrible, but sometimes I just pretend and I don't care and she says she has this package of these droopy purple flowers and i look at that package and i have that moment in my heart that boom boom and i was like oh my gosh it's the droopy purple flower again and i look at the price and it's $3.33 and in my life the lord speaks to me in threes it's the representative of the trinity it's how many you know nails went into our lord's hands and feet when he was crucified and so three is significant for me. And when I saw that $3.33, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was like, Mary Jo, could you please just embrace your droopy purple flower and start speaking about it? And so I I did. And I started more praying with it and just saying, okay, Lord, this is me. This is who you created me to be. And then I was like, okay, what fruit has been born because of my design, you know? Rather than just criticizing it, like, okay, I'm kind of a hot mess all the time, and the Lord loves me right there, but He'll bring fruit from this design, right? So what fruit had He brought from it? And I started to pray about it, and it really came down to the fact of we have 10 kids, but two of them are adopted out of foster care. And we adopted those little girls when they were eight and nine years old. They've been a huge blessing to our family. And um, when the Lord laid foster care on my heart, I was pregnant with our fifth child and my husband is so good. Like if I say like, I feel like the Lord's leading us there. And he's like, great. My husband would have a thousand kids if the Lord would allow it. I will not allow it. Like I don't want that many kids, but 10 is enough kids. Although if the Lord gives me more, I would take more, but 10 is a lot. But if I wasn't the droopy purple flower and the Lord said to me, you know, I want you to do foster care, even though you have four little kids and you're pregnant with your fifth, I want you to go ahead and do it. If I wasn't the droopy pooper flower, I would have ignored him. And if I would have had to have the coordinating diaper bag and shoes and my nails done, I would have ignored him. And we would have missed out on those two blessings in our life. So that is one way that the Lord brought forth his glory in my design. I wasn't supposed to be the perfect rose. And so when I was praying with that, I was thinking about all the women that I have worked and prayed with for decades And I just saw like this similar thing going on in their minds, just this this chaos of all these different things, a lot of stuff about comparison the guilt, you know, feeling bad because I'm not this other person. And it's like, you weren't created to be that other person. It's just really embracing the beauty of their own design. And women have this stuff that goes on in their mind. If you're a man listening to this, this might just like, whoa, I had no idea. We have these constant tabs open all the time. So we're thinking about like, what we're going to cook for dinner, the fact that our genes feel tight and we maybe gained weight over the holidays. The fact that one of our kids seems to be really selfish and you're pretty sure they're going to end up in prison. Um, and like you can – women fast forward like 40 years in one second. Like the worst case scenario. And then we start worry planning from there. And so we have like all these crazy things going on in our heads. And – I remember like talking to my husband about all these different things. Like, I did that and this what and about and this, and this? And he was like, looked at me and he was like, Rigel, how can you think of so many things at one time? You were exhausting me. And that really like hit me because it is exhausting. He's right. My brain and my soul sometimes just feel exhausted from all the stuff in my brain all the time. Go and go and go and go on. And that's consistent when I'm talking to all these different women, they are exhausted. And they're lonely, and they're longing for something more. When I'm talking to them, you know, some of them they'll have guilt because they're not clipping coupons or using, you know, Meijer perks or you know whatever thing online, and yet they'll be watching pornography and not have guilt about that. It's like Satan gets in there and confuses them on what is right and what is wrong, and he's stealing their peace and joy in the process. And when I'm praying with that, it's very clear: the Lord desires to bring order from that chaos. He does not want that for his daughters. So the Bible verse, which Kingdom Builders is formed on, is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be given to you besides. And that's Matthew 6:33. So in my undergrad, it's in business. We learned over and over Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And for those of you not familiar with it, it's like the bottom one is our physiological needs. So, air, water, food, shelter. The next one is our safety needs. And then love and longing. One builds upon the other. So, you can't have like great self esteem or a deep love if you can't even find shelter and food. So, one builds on one another. And so, I kind of was like contemplating that. And that made sense in a lot of ways. But I was like, we need something for our own selves when it comes to like our spiritual life and what the Lord wants to do. How do we seek first the kingdom of God? And the Lord was really showing me a foundational thing that three things that we need to be praying for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. We do. That is our time to be loved by the God, the Father. And we cannot expect to do His will if we're not praying for at least 10 minutes a day, every single day. Number two, we go to church on Sunday. That is a divine commandment. That is not a divine suggestion. We worship the Lord on Sunday. And number three is staying in a state of grace. If we're struggling with serious mortal sin, you know, getting to confession or getting to a self-help group or you know, getting one-on-one therapy, whatever it takes to get out of that mortal sin so that we can get the fullness of the graces that God wants to give us. So those three things prayer of 10 minutes a day, going to church on Sunday, and staying in a state of grace. Those are the foundational things. And then once that foundation is built, then we can build ourselves, build others, and build the church. So if you were a billion-dollar corporation, would you set goals? Of course you would. But we're more valuable than that. We are the crown jewels of God's creation. I was listening to a woman say one time, it was January, and so she was all about setting goals and she's like, well, my number one goal is to be a better person. And like her heart was like, that was a good desire, but that's not even a goal. That's an outcome. And so when you're talking to people, it's like, okay, setting goals is really important. Just some key facts in setting goals. We want them to be smart. So like, yes, that's a really smart goal. I'm not going to set a stupid goal, right? I'm going to set a SMART goal. It's going to be measurable. I'm going to measure it. Achievable. It's going to be within. I'm not going to say I'm going to lose 50 pounds in one week because that's ridiculous. It's going to be realistic, again, and timely. So you're like timing them out. How long is that goal going to take? And so that's SMART, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And that's kind of where, um, when I started to think about how the Lord wanted to do order in our lives, I started to kind of write some goal ideas. And this developed into Kingdom Builders Measurable Goal Idea Pamphlet. And you can find that online if you are just joining us for the first time. So these are some examples of building ourselves in the spiritual life. I will get to Sunday Mass 10 minutes before it begins. I recognize I will need to remove all obstacles that have kept me from getting to mass consistently, a full gas tank, a packed diaper bag, etc. So if you're not getting to mass on time, set a goal. Like we're going to leave 10 minutes earlier. We're going to do all these things. You are an intelligent human being. You know the barriers that Satan is putting in front of you to keep you from reaching that goal. Remove the barriers. Another spiritual idea, spiritual goal idea. I will do a rosary this many times a week. If I'm easily distracted, I will go to YouTube and choose a rosary with photos, like the Kingdom Builders rosary. So, let's say we want to talk about building ourselves our mental health because we're not just spiritual beings, right? We have bodies, we have mental emotions, all these different things. I will get to bed at a decent time so that I have this many hours of sleep each night. or how about I will spend this long on Sunday reflecting and planning out the days of my week? We strongly encourage in kingdom builders using some type of planner. I think we're on our phone enough now, if you have to use your phone, that's fine, but I strongly encourage people just to write it down, write their goals down so that they can have the power of checking them off. It feels so good to check them off. Building ourselves physical health. Well, we're physical beings too, right? I will drink this many glasses of water each day. Or how about I will prepare a healthy lunch for myself this many days a week. I do not need to eat the leftover dried up macaroni cheese that my kids didn't finish. My body has great value and God desires me to eat things that build me beautifully. So when we're talking about that's building ourselves, what about building others? We do, we're called to build others. And let's say we're married, so we have husbands. I will say these prayers for my husband each day at this specific time. I will go on a date night this many times a month. So you can set goals that way. Um, What if you have children or spiritual children? We will eat dinner as a family this many days a week, or I will set a Netflix password on our account because I know it contains pornography and I know my child was created by God to be naturally curious. I will not allow Satan to pervert this gift. I will simply set a password, and if I don't know how to do it, I will Google it. I will do it on this day. You know, just really easy things and setting the goal and setting the day. Um, What about building our church? We're called to build ourselves, to build others, and to build the church. that We are part of the body of Christ, right? I will pray these prayers for my priest daily, or I will write a letter of encouragement or affirmation to this church staff person. So these are just ideas. It's not an exhaustive list. It's just a Pinterest of ideas. And people won't ever do everything on the list. It's just a way for us to kind of learn and listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then seeking first that kingdom of God. What does He desire for you? What does He desire for your family? And then obeying what He asks of you. We know that abundance follows obedience. Abundance follows obedience, but we don't know what to obey unless we're spending time listening to him and letting him guide us. This is a quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Each of us is a result of the thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. And my prayer for you is that you would just be open to that relationship with the Lord. Just allow him to lead you so that you know what's He want for your life and to be obedient to what He wants for your life so that He can pour forth His abundance.